ahead and take your Bibles and go to Luke. We're not going to do the entire chapter before just because I'm going to be covering most of this chapter in the message. So for time's sake, I want to go ahead, though, and start reading in verse one. We're going to look at Luke's account of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And it says now upon the first day of the week, very early in the morning, they came into the sepulcher, bringing the spices which they had prepared and certain others with them. And they found the stone rolled away from the sepulcher, and they entered in and found not the body of the Lord Jesus. And it came to pass, as they were much perplexed thereabout, behold, two men stood by them in shining garments. And as they were afraid and bowed down their faces to the earth, they said unto them, Why seek ye the living among the dead? He is not here, but is risen. Remember how he spake unto you when he was yet in Galilee, saying, The Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men and be crucified, and the third day rise again. And they remembered his words, and returned from the sepulcher, and told all these things unto the eleven, and to all the rest. It was Mary Magdalene, and Joanna, and Mary the mother of James, and other women that were with them, which told these things unto the apostles. And their words seemed to them as idle tales, and they believed them not. Then arose Peter, and ran unto the sepulcher, and stooping down, He beheld the linen clothes laid by themselves and departed, wondering in himself at that which had come to pass. And we're going to stop reading right there. But here what we just saw was Luke's account of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And I think we all understand the significance of the resurrection. Jesus Christ, of course, when he went to the cross, he paid for our sins on that cross. He suffered a horrible death. We Remember that on Wednesday night as we observe the Lord's Supper and in the message there But then we know that he died and was dead for three days and we believe that he was literally Dead for three days and so while he had uh, Conquered our sin while he had paid for our sin on the cross One of the things though that we needed is not just the fact that it was done But we needed proof that he had done all these things and he proved all these things when he rose from the dead and Jesus Christ in rising from the dead not only had he conquered sin on the cross but he conquered death as well. And we all need that because one of these days, if the Lord tarries his coming, we're all going to die a physical death. But we know, and I don't say we believe, we know that we will rise from the dead one of these days. We have proof because Jesus Christ conquered death. And so when it comes to the resurrection, belief in the death, burial, and resurrection is necessary for salvation. That is the gospel. That is the good news. Jesus died and paid for our sins, but he didn't stay dead. He rose again from the dead. And it's important we have proof of something like this. And understand the resurrection of Jesus Christ, it was proven beyond a shadow of a doubt. I mean, he was seen of above 500 brethren at one time. And so we not only have all these eyewitness accounts that count, but we also have the word of God. But yet even today... You have people that want to cast doubt. They want to try to rain on our parade or whatever and act like it didn't happen, that it was a myth. They'll say that he didn't really die. He just swooned or he passed out and then later revived. No, folks, he was dead. You do not, nobody survives what Jesus went through on that cross. It's a miracle he lasted as long as he did on the cross, but he held on for as long as he had to hang on to, to carry the weight of sin and to make the sacrifice of sin. And he did, he did die, was sealed in a tomb, but three days later he rose from the dead. And folks, 
one of our jobs as Christians is to get people to believe in this. Because this is what people need to be saved. They need faith in this. Because too many people have this attitude, well, I'll go to heaven if I just be good. You know, if I'm good enough, I'll go to heaven. No, you can't be good enough. Getting to heaven is 100% about faith in Jesus Christ and what he did. But what did he do? Well, he lived a sinless life for one thing. So he had no sins of his own to pay for, but he died a horrible, cruel death of a sinner. But he did that in our place. And he not only did that, he rose again from the dead. And folks, this is good news. This is what we're telling people about. But yet when it comes to convincing people of the resurrection of Jesus Christ, you know, we've heard all the naysayers and all the things that people say out there. And, you know, we're always trying to figure out what can we do to change people's mind. What can we do to get people to believe in this? And a lot of times, you know, we, you know, have you ever just thought, you know, I would love to just be able to, you know, I just wish Jesus would just show up and prove it that way. But did you know that's not how, that, that kind of thing doesn't work? Have you ever read the book of Acts and thought, man, I wish I could do some miracles. If I could do some miracles, people would believe me. Did you know that doesn't work either? Because who did more miracles than Jesus? And look how many people didn't believe him. And there's something about the gospel that I think we forget, something that we don't understand, but something that we can learn in this story in Luke. And that's what is, what, what is needed to believe the gospel. And so what I want us to do, I want us to keep reading here in Luke chapter 24 and look at this story of two men that meet Jesus, that meet the resurrected Christ on the road to Emmaus. And I want to show you some things that I think are very interesting that will hopefully help you uh, and when it comes to trying to get people saved, but also too, if there's anyone here that's just maybe not sure about some of these things, hopefully this will be a help to you. But verse 13 says, and behold, two of them went that same day to a village called Emmaus, which was from Jerusalem, about three score furlongs. And they talked together of all these things which had happened. And it came to pass that while they communed together and reasoned, Jesus himself drew near and went with them. So obviously people were talking. Okay, Jesus rose from the dead. We have the women that went there. We have one that had seen him. And talk is going. News is spreading fast. And even without social media, that kind of thing happened back then. And so you've got two guys who were followers of Christ. And they're on their way to Emmaus. And they're just talking about the events of the day. These are big events. But notice, these guys aren't sure what to believe. These guys aren't convinced of what they have heard, but they're talking about it. They're interested. And think about this. Okay. We want people to believe in the resurrection. Jesus, one of these guys believe in the resurrection. Jesus literally shows up and is walking with these men, but they don't recognize him. They don't realize who he is. You know why? He hid himself. He kept them from recognizing. Now notice what it says. It's because what these guys were doing here. They were trying to reconcile what they had seen and heard with what they had, you know, with the word of God. That's what was going on. Because there's no doubt in that first, in that first century, there was a lot that, about prophecy and about the coming of Christ that the Jews did not understand. I mean, there, there's no doubt about that because while we can look back, we can look at Isaiah 53 and say, yes, it's crystal clear the Messiah was going to die. That had been hidden. During that time, they did not understand that even when Jesus spelled it out and told told his disciples, I'm going to die. Peter rebuked him 
and said, no, that's not how it's going to be. And they were offended by these things. They scattered when Jesus was taken and crucified. So, uh, and I, here's the thing. I think all of us do this to a certain extent when we're presented with the truths of the Word of God. We try to reconcile what we hear with what we know about the Bible, or at least what, what, what we think we know about the Bible. And so look what it says in verse 14. It says, And they talked together of all these things which had happened, and it came to pass while they communed together and reasoned, Jesus himself drew near and went with them. So they're reasoning. They're, just, they're trying to get to the bottom of these things. They're trying to figure out. And the problem many people have, including ourselves sometimes, is we believe the Word of God, but sometimes people are in error when it comes to understanding the Word of God. Just like, look how many people there are who have John 3.16 memorized, but then you ask them, what do you have to do to be saved? And they'll say, be a good person. They, they have the verse memorized, they know it, but they don't understand it. And that happens a lot with the Bible. Truth, and here's what we've got to understand too. Truth is not relative. Truth is truth. And if we are in error, we need correction. Sometimes we need rebuke. And we're going to see Jesus rebukes these guys because they were in error. And getting to the truth, it often takes more than someone just declaring the facts. Because these men had the facts declared to them. I mean, an angel had spoke to some of them, and they're still in wonder. You know, when Mary Magdalene's telling everybody, I saw Jesus, she was speaking facts. She's getting, the facts were getting across to these guys, but you know what? They still didn't completely understand it. Because here's the thing about the Bible, here's the thing about the gospel, it's the Holy Spirit that gives understanding. We've let the Calvinists, I'm afraid, because of their conclusions that they jump to, you know, based off of truths, to get away from certain truths. And folks, you got to have the help of the Holy Spirit to understand these things. I can get up and I can declare straight up facts all I want. If the Holy Spirit's not speaking to you, you're not going to get anything out of it. We need the Holy Spirit. It's very important that he help us and we're dependent on him. So notice too in verse 16, it says, because Jesus joined them and it says, but their eyes were holden that they should not know him. So notice Jesus, he joins himself with two men who were seeking truth, but he's hiding who he is. Now think about this. Why would Jesus do this? I mean, don't we want these guys believing in the resurrection? Don't we want these guys getting on the right side and agreeing with Mary Magdalene and the other women that were there that had seen him? Don't we want these guys on the right side? So why doesn't Jesus just be like, hey, guys, look, here's the holes in the hands. Here's the hole in the side. You know me. You recognize me. But Jesus is literally concealing who he is. Now, what did he do? Did he change form? You know, did he have the ability in his glorified body to do this? I don't know. It could have been that. But at the end of the day, listen, you know, God has the power to just confuse people's minds, to confound people, and to make them wise. And for whatever reason, he concealed who he was. How that worked, I have no idea. You can speculate on that. I won't argue with you. But, but either way, these guys didn't know who he was because getting to the bottom of truth concerning that which is spiritual, it requires a prepared heart. The reason a lot of people don't understand the gospel has nothing to do with IQ. It has nothing to do with them just being dumb. It has everything to do with just a, a wrong heart. John the Baptist was sent to prepare the hearts of people 
to accept the Messiah. That's what he was sent, to prepare the hearts. Not just to give the facts about the Messiah. No, to prepare the hearts. And you know what? Because think about it. The miracles didn't work. The miracles didn't seem to change people's minds. You know, and you know why the miracles didn't work? Because their hearts weren't right. We see in Matthew 13, 13, it says, Therefore speak I unto them in parables, because they seeing, see not. And hearing, they hear not, neither do they understand. And in them is fulfilled the prophecy of Isaiah, which saith, By hearing ye shall hear, and shall not understand. And seeing ye shall see, and not perceive. For this people's heart is waxed gross, and their ears are dull of hearing, and their eyes they have closed, lest at any time they should see with their eyes, and hear with their ears, and should understand with their heart, and should be converted, and I should heal them. But blessed are your eyes, for they see, and your ears, for they hear. For verily I say unto you, that many prophets and righteous men have desired to see those things which ye see, and have not seen them, and to hear those things which ye hear, and have not heard them. So right here we're seeing... That these men, the reason these people didn't understand Jesus is because they had a heart problem. He said, seeing they see not. These people had good vision. They had 20-20 vision. But Jesus said, they can't see. They're blind. Their eyes are open, but at the same time, their eyes are closed. And we need to understand, too, the Bible talks a lot about things like that. You know, when it comes to uh, you know, certain truths about hearing the Word of God, some people want to make it all about you know, audible. You have to hear it with the ears. No, actually, you have to hear it with your ears, but you have to hear it spiritually. And a lot of people are hearing it with their ears audibly, but they're not hearing it with their ears spiritually. You need to see it with your eyes, but not physically. You need to see it spiritually. You know, you need to, you do need to call on the Lord. But it's not necessarily about sound waves coming out of your mouth. It's about calling on Him from your heart. And the Bible even talks about people, too, praying from their heart and doing these things. From the heart. A lot of people, they say prayers. They chant prayers. They repeat prayers. They read prayers. But folks, you don't mean these things in your heart. They don't do any good. You know why? Because it's a spiritual thing. It's a spiritual understanding. We've got, and we've got to come to that point. And many people, their hearts are not right. And, and here's, here's the problem. Okay? I didn't say this. God said this. But in John 3, 19, it says, and this is the condemnation that light is coming to the world and men love darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil. For everyone that doeth evil hateth the light, neither cometh to the light, lest his deeds should be reproved. But he that doeth truth cometh to the light that his deeds may be manifest that they are wrought in God. The reason a lot of people don't believe the gospel and believe in the resurrection is because when you shine that light on them, spiritually speaking, all of a sudden, they start seeing themselves as sinful, and they don't like that. They don't like seeing that sin that's in their life. And you know what? Because their hearts are evil and their deeds are evil, many times they turn away from that light. And then they continue to go on seeing with physical eyes, but spiritually they can't see a thing. But you know what? There are those out there who want the truth. And when you shine the light on them of the gospel... They're going to see that sin in their life and they're going to hate it. And you know what? But they're also going to believe that gospel. They're going to believe that message of salvation. They're going to understand Jesus can cleanse them of that sin and they're going to be saved. But at the end of the day, we could go on and on with scripture showing that understanding these things, it's a spiritual thing. It's a heart thing. It's not a, it's not a mind thing so much. It's not a brain thing. It's not just about 
getting the facts. It's not even about seeing it with your eyes physically. It's not about hearing it with your ears audibly. It's about the spiritual. And so all these things are a reminder to us as believers in here today of the importance of prayer, of being prepared spiritually when we go out to be a witness. Listen, when we go out, we're not fighting an intellectual battle. I mean, folks, those of us who go to church, who study, who soul on a regular basis, if, if it comes down to winning an argument, we can beat most of these people in an argument. Most people don't know where they stand on anything. They don't know the Bible, but folks, are you going to get somebody saved by just beating them in an argument? No, you're probably just going to get a door slammed in your face. Now, it'll make you feel good. Man, I really told them. Boy, they, didn't they look stupid. Well, you know, we didn't go out to make people look stupid. We went out to try to get them the gospel and get them saved. And so we need to be prepared spiritually. We need to be praying. We need to be asking the Holy Spirit to go with us. We need to be praying that the Lord will prepare the hearts of the people that we're going to come in contact with. We need to pray that God does something in this area to prepare the hearts. Because at the end of the day, you know, what is it? Why is it that certain times and certain generations people are more receptive to the gospel? Usually it's because of the situation. A lot of times, hard times in a country make, make a nation, makes a nation more prepared to receive the gospel. Why is that? Do they get smarter when hard times come? No, but a lot of times their hearts get right in areas and it makes them more capable of seeing. You know, nothing blinds people more than riches. You know, and I believe that's one of the reasons uh, it's getting tough in this country. Our nation's so prosperous and people just, they're not seeing the truth. So let's keep reading. Look, verse 17 of Luke 24 says, And he said to them, What manner of communications are these that ye have one another as ye walk in our sins? Jesus speaking here. And one of them, whose name was Cleopas, answering, said unto him, Art thou only a stranger in Jerusalem, and hast not known the things which are come to pass in these days? And he said unto them, What things? And they said unto him, Concerning Jesus of Nazareth, which was a prophet mighty indeed, and word before God and all the people. It's kind of funny. They're asking Jesus. You haven't heard about Jesus? And Jesus is standing right there. You know, and they, you know, it's amazing how much we think we know about the Bible. You know, and we really don't know that much that often. I mean, how many people have you talked to out knocking doors and you try to tell them about heaven? It's like, I've been going to church for, you know, 80 years. Okay, what do you have to do to go to heaven? I was an altar boy. You know, and, you know, they, they think they know a lot. You know, I talked to a lady one time, asked her if she knew for sure she was on her way to heaven. She brought me and the guy we were with inside and showed us pictures everywhere in our house of Jesus. I've never seen more Jesus pictures and statues in my life in one place. She had them everywhere. And you know what? Started talking to her. This lady didn't know Jesus. She did not know Jesus. She was as confused as all get out. You say, I think everybody, if they claim it somewhere, they know him. These guys were walking and talking with him. And asking him, you've never heard of Jesus? And they didn't even realize. They're, they're debating whether or not he's risen from the dead when he's standing right there. Now, don't tell me this isn't, it's not a spiritual thing when it comes to believing the gospel. You better believe it's a spiritual thing. They're debating whether or not Jesus is resurrected while he's standing right there. And, that, and folks, that's, that's just the way this is. So where do we leave off? It says in verse 20, I believe. And how the chief priests and our rulers delivered him to be condemned to death and have crucified him. Watch this. But we trusted that it had been he which should have redeemed Israel. And beside all this, 
Today is the third day since these things were done. So notice the, the, that the fact that they stated about Jesus was true. They said, we trusted that it was him that was going to redeem Israel. Was that true? So was their trust wrong? Well, here's the thing about that. They were trusting in Jesus, but their understanding of redemption was flawed. And that's what we've got to understand, too. There's a lot of people out there who claim belief in the resurrection, but they're not trusting in that to get them to heaven. You know, they're, they're, re- they're trusting in some correct facts, but their understanding of it is wrong. They're thinking redeeming Israel means he's going to save us from the Romans. But wait a minute, if you go back to Jeremiah, it's very clear he's going to save them from their sins. And that's what he did on the cross. So they're saying correct things, but there's no doubt their understanding was deeply flawed. And they were wrong because he was already... So so now they're kind of in doubt. I mean, it's been three days. Nothing's changed since he died. So, verse 22 says, Yea, and certain women also of our company made us astonished, which were early at the sepulchre. And when they found not his body, they came saying that they had also seen a vision of angels, which said that he was alive. And notice how it says they saw a vision of angels. Well, wait, was it a vision or did they actually see angels? Did, the, did those ladies tell them we saw a vision or did they say we saw angels? Hey, what are these guys doing? They're trying to make what they heard, you know, fit with their line of thinking. So like, well, okay, I, be, I be, you know, have you ever said that with a, when you're talking to a crazy person? I saw this. Well, I believe you saw something. You know, that's code for, you know, I don't want to say you're crazy or you're a liar. And I do believe you saw something, but in your head. That's kind of what these guys are doing right here. Well, I believe they saw, but it was probably a vision. You know, it, it couldn't have really been that. It couldn't have really happened. And so... But it was the real thing. Verse 24. And certain of them which were also with us went to the sepulcher and found it even so as the women had said, but they saw him not. So, I mean, yeah, a lot of the facts are lining up, but we didn't see him. Then he said unto them, this is Jesus speaking, O fools and slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have spoken. The reason they did not believe Jesus rose from the dead. It wasn't because they had an eye problem that they weren't able to visually see him. It was because they had a heart problem. He said, you're slow of heart to believe not the women, but notice what he brings up the prophets, the word of God. This is what the Bible says. And it says, um, and they are lost my spot. Verse 26. He says, ought not Christ to have suffered these things and to enter into his glory. He said, isn't this what the Bible teaches? And it was what the Bible taught. But folks, they didn't understand that. They, they missed that. And so the question that Jesus asked was one they clearly did not know the answer to, but he's going to give it to them here. Look what it says in verse 27. And beginning at Moses and all the prophets, he expounded unto them in all the scriptures the things concerning himself. So these men, they clearly claimed to be believers in the scriptures, and they were, but they did not fully understand them So Jesus explained the scriptures to him. Now think about this. Jesus did not use himself in the flesh as proof of the resurrection. He used scriptures. 
I mean, doesn't all he have to do is say, guys, look, I'm here. He didn't use that. Isn't, but isn't that what people want today? You know, they want some vision. They want to see Jesus for themselves. God uses his word. You know why? Because faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Without faith, it is impossible to please him. We're not going to please God by believing and seeing him in the flesh. We're going to believe him. We're going to please God by having faith in his word. This is what God, this is what is needed for people to believe. Folks, I don't need to figure out how to do miracles. Jesus did miracles. The disciples did miracles. And still many people didn't believe. Jesus, when he was there in the flesh, he used the word of God. He used the Old Testament to prove that Jesus rose from the dead. And so, um, so believing on Christ, having faith, trusting the Bible, it's a hard issue. It's a spiritual thing. And God uses his word to speak to people and to prepare their hearts. This is the tool he's given us. God has not given us the ability to perform miracles or put on a spectacle for people. We have the word of God. We do not have the ability to physically show people Jesus Christ. But notice, these, even if we did, it wouldn't work. Why? These guys, they had Jesus with them in the flesh, and they still didn't believe until Jesus chose to reveal himself. And it goes on to say in verse 20, And they drew nigh into the village, whither they went, and made as though he would have gone further. But they constrained him, saying, Abide with us, for it is toward evening, and the day is far spent. And he went in to tarry with them. And it came to pass, as he sat at meat with them, he took bread and blessed it, and, and brake and gave to them. And watch this. And their eyes were open, and they knew him, and he vanished out of their sight. Now, that's pretty cool right there, too. All of a sudden, at that point, when Jesus gives them that bread and they takes it, it was then he chose to open their eyes. And all of a sudden... They realize this guy that we've been walking with, these guys, this guy we've been arguing with about whether or not Jesus really rose from it was Jesus. Okay, now, here's another amazing thing. Now, watch this. This is important we understand this. In verse 32, it says, And they said one to another, Did not our heart burn within us while he talked with us, by the way, and while he opened to us the Scripture? Okay, notice they didn't say, how did we not recognize him? That's not what they said. They, you know, they, they didn't say, I knew I'd seen that guy somewhere before. They didn't, they didn't talk about that. What did they bring up? They brought up the fact that their hearts burned within them while he showed them the scripture. What was going on? I'll tell you what was going on. The scripture was doing something to their hearts. And folks, that's what we're trying to do when we go out, when we preach the gospel, when we give people Bible verses. You know what we're doing? We're trying to use that word of God to do something to their heart because that's what they've got to have to believe it. It's not about us out there, folks. It's not about just you and me. It's not about, you know, I mean, be likable, be nice, be polite, be all those things. But folks, we need the word of God to make an impact. We need the word of God to do something to their heart. We need to, we need to use the scriptures. This is the tool that we have been given. This is what God uses. Jesus was in the flesh and yet he used the word of God. This is what we need to get from this. And this is what we ought to shoot for when trying to reach people that we, we want to get their hearts burning with, within them. And we understand that it's a spiritual thing. We cannot produce this. 
with our eloquence. We cannot produce, uh, produce this with our knowledge. Just us going out there and just wowing these people. Wow, I can't believe he knows all those scriptures. You know, that, that's not what it's about. It's about the Word of God having an impact. And I, I, understanding this, I believe this is going to help us understand our dependence on the Holy Spirit. We have got, listen, I am 100% for soul winning and having a silent partner. I like the two-by-two two principle. I believe in that. But you know what? Maybe we ought to have more of an attitude of three and have an attitude of, you know what? Let's make sure we take the Holy Spirit with us. I think that's the attitude we ought to have. I think that's something to do to the silent partner you can do while he's talking. You can be doing some praying. Why? Because you need help. You need the Holy Spirit. You're not going to get anything done without the Holy Spirit. He is the one that is going to get to the heart of things. He's the one that's going to open the scriptures to him. And folks, I've been there before. I've seen people give gospel presentations that weren't that impressive, but yet people still got saved. Why? Holy Spirit did a work. I've seen other people, man, they laid out the facts clear. They were right on the money. Nothing happened. Why? You know, the Holy Spirit didn't get through to their heart. Now, said a lot of times, maybe it was doing a work. We don't always know what's going on, but here's what we do know. We've got to have the Holy Spirit. We've got to have the Word of God. This isn't about you just going out there and just telling your story. No, we go out and we tell Jesus' story. We go out there and we open the Scriptures. Understanding these things will help us understand the importance of prayer, being spiritually prepared. Folks, again, I don't like, I, I would hate missing things. I mean, think about it. These guys got a chance to walk a long distance with the resurrected Jesus Christ. But they didn't know it. They, they missed it. You know, because of the fact these people didn't understand Jesus when he said, I'm going to be delivered in the hands of sinful men and I'm going to rise again three days later, they all missed out the stone being rolled back. When you stop and think about it, they should have been there. They should have all seen the resurrection of Jesus Christ. They should have been waiting for it. But they missed it. Folks, I don't want to miss things. When it comes to end time stuff, I don't want to miss anything. I want to know what's going on when it's going on. When it comes to certain truths in the Bible, I don't want to miss anything. I want to know what's going on. When I'm reading my Bible, you know what? You ought to read your Bible every day. But you know what? You should also read your Bible and have your heart right at the same time too. You should study your Bible, but you should also study your Bible with a heart that is prepared to do whatever God says to do. And folks, I'm telling you right now, the Holy Spirit is the best teacher that there is in the universe when it comes to the Bible. I thank God for good teachers out there that God has used to help reveal truths to people. But at the end of the day, I don't even think it was so much about that person as it was the Holy, God, the Holy Spirit using that person. At the end of the day, it's the Holy Spirit that gets things across and we are dependent on him. Understanding these things also will help keep us from being lifted up with pride whenever we do learn a couple things. It's amazing how the Holy Spirit, okay, it shouldn't it be the Holy Spirit that helps us. He teaches us a few things and then we think we're smarter than everybody else. You wouldn't understand that without the Holy Spirit. Well, it's not because I'm smart, but I'm just, my heart's just so right with God. If you feel that way, your heart's not right with God. You've you got a pride problem. We need to get over it. All the Understanding these things, it will help us give glory to God when anything's accomplished. He's the one that gets the work done. He's the one that makes an impact in people's lives. And so the key to having 
the right understanding of Scripture, the key to getting things figured out is um, has nothing to do with how smart you are, has nothing to do with your experiences you have, it has nothing to do with who teaches you the Scriptures. Far too often, we just aren't ready for the truth. You know, because we have no intention of letting it change us. Because we just don't have enough faith. We need to always try to keep our hearts right with God so we can be ready to hear and to know the truth. And I want to close with this passage, Psalms 119, verse 17. I love this passage. It says, Deal bountifully with thy servant that I may live and keep thy word. Open thou mine eyes. Okay? I can stand here and I can hold my eyes open. My eyes are open right now. But you know what? The eyes that I need open, I need God to open those eyes. And he says, open now mine eyes that I may behold wondrous things out of thy law. Why couldn't he just look at the Bible and read it himself? You know why? Because he needed God to help him. He needed God to open his eyes. He's trying to get his heart right. He says, I am a stranger in the earth. Hide not thy commandments from me. Have you ever watched somebody read a passage of scripture and then preach some crazy false doctrine from it? It's like, did they not just read that passage? And let me tell you, they read that passage. But you know what? Truths have been hidden from them. You know why? Because their hearts aren't right. And you know, let that be a lesson to all of us. Because have you ever thought, well, maybe we're not seeing things as clear as we think we are? You know, I mean, again, we've got two men walking with Jesus and they don't even realize it's Jesus. These are guys who knew him. And so understand that, you know what, we could be deceived too. And it's a matter of just having our heart right. Knowing that we are right with God, that's the, that's the main thing we need to do. Focusing on our relationship with him, asking him to help keep our eyes open, to keep our hearts right. Asking him to help us understand the Bible. He is the key. He is the one that we should be focusing on. And I think we see a great example of that and lesson we can learn from that in the story of the resurrected Christ. It wasn't about seeing him in the flesh, folks. It was about believing the word of God. And that's what we've got to use to get people saved, to get people believing in the resurrected Christ. We've got to use this right here. We've got to use this. And you know, we don't, you know what else we don't need to do? We don't need to dumb the Bible down. We don't need to change it to try to help people understand it. We need, it, we need people's hearts right. And so with that, let's go to the word of prayer. Dear Lord, I pray this message was a help uh, to everyone. I pray, Lord, uh, you know, even all those who are saved, I pray we'll take these things to heart and we'll make sure that we stay close to you, that we keep our hearts right and clean so you can uh, show us the things that we need to see, Lord, in our lives, not so we can fix everyone else, but so we can fix ourselves, uh, so we can be effective. I pray, Lord, you'll use us uh, as a church to uh, bring people to you uh, that will be powerful with the word of God and uh, expressing it properly and helping people understand it. In your name we pray. Amen.